Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of Burn This Podcast. Hey Burners, good to hear from you again. Hear from you? No, you're hearing from me, and you're welcome. Is that how we're starting? I guess. This week we are interviewing Gene Whitney, who has an amazing debut album that's coming out this Friday, uh, February 16th, 2024. It's available for pre-order right now, which means that you can pre-order an album for somebody for Valentine's Day. What a nice thing to do for people. It's been a real delight getting to know Gene, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with her. We don't need no water, let the motherfucker burn. This podcast... There was a girl I talked to who lived here once who said that she didn't like going to thrift stores because other people's energy was on the old stuff. <laughs> it would be funny to watch. I'm actually surprised I, uh, we haven't seen anybody in LA just saging around a goodwill. It feels like yeah, you should right. see somebody just like walking through with that first. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it'll happen i think that's the the la like bingo square in the center that we're all looking for right <laughs> yeah i'd be the first i'll do it first i i'm 39 about to be 40 so i'm just trying to like enter my candle plant era is kind of where i'm at where i'm like <laughs> all right let's see if we can like keep something alive my my dog i've kept my dog alive for about 15 years almost at this point but like he's much easier than a plant a lot it feels like really <laughs> to me a plant does well a plant won't yell at you if you like haven't fed it you know a plant will just quietly die in a corner <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess the consequences aren't as bad yeah if yeah you don't, it's funny some people are so good with plants yeah like my mom's friend that i'm house sitting for came over to my apartment she's like oh you just need to do this and that for this plant yeah and it'll come right back to life and I started doing that and I was like wow wow <laughs> just needed watering this much in a new pot <laughs> and some sunlight Ooh. I know it's always fun when you're like oh how did how did you learn this how did you learn about these I mean I guess that's like you know you can read about that and learn about that stuff instead of all the other bullshit I've I guess if you don't spend like 10 years going to open mics then you know how plants work at an early age. And you have a lot of life skills, it yeah. seems like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But guess what? She might have plants. She doesn't have a comedy album coming out. So how's no. that for a transition? So, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I'm really happy. And thank you so much for helping me put it together and everything. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, we're So we just met like after you'd already recorded this. So it, it's super funny. It's mm -hmm. called Passionate Aggressive. It's coming out on February 16th. Um, I'm excited for people to hear it. Um, wh where did you record it? When did you record it? Uh, I recorded it almost a year ago. It was in March at a place nice. called uh, PDA. Oh, yeah. I know PDA. Mm -hmm. It's in Great Altadena. Venue. And mm -hmm. yeah, I heard about it because uh, Maria Bamford kept posting about it. And uh, so I went and took a look around and it was like an intimate setting and mm -hmm. it could probably get like a really great sound from it. And uh, the people who ran it were really nice. So I um, I rented it out only for one night and asked uh, a couple of people to open for me, Nicole, Amy Schreiber and Michael Scherzer. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah, it was fun. I invited some like friends and just people that I know and yeah it was weird I, I think I felt a little more comfortable doing this set than other sets I've done mm -hmm. nice. uh, I don't know why sometimes I get really really nervous and get stage fright but then I just I just felt like comfortable and and good I guess 
That's when I did I mean, the that, album. That's great, though. I mean, I mean, it, it comes across in the album like you're really, you're really fun. It, it seems like you really were enjoying yourself performing, like. <laughs> which you know we've all seen people who have like the struggle on stage that you're like you don't have to do this yeah <laughs> there are other things there's, there's so, so many, many other things, other things. <laughs> I have a half sister uh, my dad was married long before my mom and I didn't grow up with my half sister but I have like been trying to build a relationship with her and get to know her but sometimes she's like a little passive aggressive like, before I, I went to go visit her once, she wrote on my Facebook wall, my little sister is coming to visit me and taking a break from her busy life in L.A. as a comedian slash waitress. <laughs> I was like, you could have just put comedian, you know? You didn't have to add the waitress part. It's not like I would have corrected you, sister, slash person who got pregnant at 15. <laughs> Um, my sister has never heard that joke, so I'm hoping when she does, she likes it, because um, I am trying to build a relationship. And my sister is passive aggressive, but she's also very passionate aggressive and scary, so um, I don't want her to leave other comments <laughs> on my Facebook. Um, I have worked as a, a waitress for many years, and it's fine, it's a job. I'm not on the streets, right? It's cool. Um, the problem with the job is that sometimes people will say the dumbest shit you have ever heard in your life to your face, and you have to act like you didn't just hear that they said that. <laughs> like one time, I was waiting on a table, and this guy said to me, oh my god, you're pretty. You should be a model, not a waitress. I was like, yeah, it was a choice between the two. Sometimes I feel like I made the wrong choice. Or sometimes people will just say something that is like outright rude. <clears throat> like one time, this woman came up to me, and the way she came up to me, she was so sweet and so kind that I thought she was gonna give me a compliment. And I was like, I'm all up for compliments. But she came up and she goes, hi, can I talk to you for just a second? I was like, yeah, what's up? And then she touched my arm and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and she goes, I just wanted you to know that when you were waiting on me and my boyfriend, you were being a little flirty and that's just something for you to be aware of. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I don't remember you. Are you sure I was your waitress? And she's like, well, at first you seemed like you were in a bad mood. I was like, okay, I was your waitress. But then you were being a little flirty, and that's just something for you to be aware of. And then she left. And then my boss came up to me, and he was like, Gene, what did that woman say to you? And I was like, uh, she accused me of flirting with her boyfriend. And he goes, you? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then he left and I was like, okay, now I am doubly offended. I feel bad, like I don't remember tons of people all the time. Yeah, 
I have this thing called aphantasia mm -hmm. where um, my mind's eye is blind, which like sounds crazy, but it like it is. It's like a weird thing that like 2% of the population has or something where like, like my memory isn't visual at all. Basically, like my memory. Wow. Yeah, it's strange. It's like the way my memory works is if you were to like read the notes inside of like a police report or something, it would just be like, be like oh, when that happened, these are all the things that happened, but I can't like see it. But I just wow. like I, I know the facts, just the facts, ma'am, but not the, uh, you know, the visuals of it. It's funny because then there are some people who are really only visual. Like my dad was an artist and he was just mm -hmm. a very visual person. And he would remember all of my friends by like how they looked. <laughs> um, so he would be like, uh, oh, is that the Asian girl? Uh, is that the girl with blonde hair? Is is that the cherub? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it never, never really their names. Yeah, yeah. Just like I know, I know what they look like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that. I feel like, I feel like it's a dad's duty to like not learn enough about your friends to feel validated by your choices. Though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But some of them you'd really like, and then you know. Yeah. never know their name <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny you talk about your dad on the on the album a little bit um talk about both your parents yeah i'm so sorry both your parents have, pa have passed away i have a dead okay. mom so part of the dead the dead mom club yeah my dad passed away seven years ago and it feels like yesterday yeah but i do like i do still talk about him and i like thinking of jokes about him and mm -hmm. I wonder oh am I going too much into the past to come up with jokes like do I have nothing going on but I just I like uh keeping him alive and I like thinking about him totally I mean and, I think that's I think that's great I think it's a way to, to keep something alive it's also a way to like grief is like a weird process it has like weird ups and downs along the way and then like jokes are a way to like honor and bring joy to a memory and to also like so many people have experienced it too that I think it's a universal thing that, you know, it's like I I, I have a good friend who who also has, has has lost her mom and she's always like, I would never date somebody that has two living parents. I would never <laughs> I could never do it. I need <laughs> Really? That's yeah, hilarious. She, she's like, I th I just feel like I need the perspective that I think that like losing somebody that close to you brings you, I think is hard to in an intimate relationship, if you haven't gone through like tragedy of some kind, I think it becomes difficult to like relate or at least that's her working theory. And like I, you know, I date a lot of people that have a lot of tragedy. So it works. Right. Yeah. I remember once I, I dated a guy who had lost his mom and we were both he was telling me that he dated a girl who um, was like 35, but she would go to her parents' house and sometimes sleep in her old bed and have dinner with wow. them. And he was like, I just thought that she was a loser. And I was like, she does sound like a loser. And <laughs> I don't like her either. Like, we were both just really jealous of this girl <laughs> who could, had a place to, like, lay her head down and be a kid again. Like, oh, that's for security. sure. We were like, fuck her. Sure. Yo, you ever meet people that have, like, grandparents, like, now at this age? Yeah, like, you got grandparents? Crazy still damn right good for you yeah and, <laughs> and we won't be close yeah. though <laughs> That's yeah, too I, nice. can't, I can't really relate to you <laughs> mm. no i mean i'm happy I mean, for you but mm -mm. 
<laughs> right. I know. And I saw, I heard a comic, the, he was on stage and, you know, he was like in his forties and he was talking about how he's sad because his grandma died. And I was just like, I can't, I, I just thinking mean things. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, we can't help it. It's part of it. <laughs> she was 90. I mean, of course she died. Like, yeah. Oh. May we all die at 90. I mean, unless you want to die sooner. I mean, God. <laughs> so yeah, I have a, my name's Jean. I have a very old name. Uh, whenever I meet people, they're like, that's my aunt's name. Um, or if they're a redneck, they're like, that's my middle name. And, um, I have, I had older parents. Um, I, I'm the product of old sperm. When, when I was born, my mom was 39 and my dad was 60. So basically my entire existence to people was slightly inappropriate. Um, and like, I could feel it growing up I had this sense of say whatever you want to around that one because she is fucked up anyway like my friend's fathers would come up to me and be like your dad had you when he was how old he must have been going strong I'd be like I don't know what that means I'm five um, they would guilt me like I had arranged their marriage or something. And people, it, it caused a lot of misunderstandings because, you know, when I was a kid, like most people's fathers worked, but my dad was retired when I was born. <laughs> so people would ask me, what does is, what is your daddy do, little girl? I'd be like, my daddy reads. <laughs> And at 1 p.m., we have nap time. <laughs> You'd be like, something wrong with that girl. You talk about a lot of travel on the album. Um, like, is that is that something that you did, like, post-COVID? Or, like, when did you, you... You've been to so many cool places. I, I've only ever been to Iceland. It's like, and Mexico are the only foreign oh. countries I've ever been to. So I was just, like, making notes. Iceland. Iceland was rad. Um, yeah. Yeah, I went, I went to, I went there before COVID. I went nice. there a couple times and I went to like a bunch of different places in Europe and I just absolutely loved it. I, I don't know. I mean, I was probably a little reckless with how often I traveled, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, when my dad died, I, we found like my brother and I found this annuity policy that had some money on it and, um, we could kind of cash that out and get money right away. And nice. And I took my half and I was like, well, I'm going to go to Europe. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I deserve it. And then I just went over there and I was like, God, that was so fun. And it was such an escape, I guess. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I could be away from all of my life's troubles and be in a different city and feel like really and wear cute dresses and walk around that I was like, I'm addicted <laughs> to this feeling of going and traveling. And I sort of lamented not saving the money to spend it on other things. But I, when COVID happened, I remember, um, you know, people like losing money in the stock market and, mm -hmm. and, uh, another comic Rena called me and she's like, isn't it great? You spent all that money in Europe because when are we going to be able to go again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Totally. I was like, now I feel better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went to, I did the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland. Oh, God. Um, I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. 
Um, I, I went with a bunch of comics and uh, lived with, I lived with like Omid mm-hmm. Singh and um, a comic from a uh, comic, uh, Aaron McCarr, I think his name is he's from the UK. And um, that was really fun. I did get in a fight because our, our, <laughs> <laughs> I got in a fight with everyone because, like, our place became like the place everyone would come to and party till three a.m. Oh, that's a lot. And I thought it was going to be like a quiet place, and yeah. uh, then I like opened up the door one day, and I was like, "You all need to go home." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would have been the same person. I would have been like, "I need, I need my downtime. <laughs> I need to sleep." Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and Rena Hundert was was there at the time, and I guess I closed the door, and she was like, "Well, she's right, you guys. We should." Go. <laughs> uh, but then you know, no one, no one came over really and partied anymore, and I kind of missed them. I was like, oh, "Well, they can come over, you know, just leave at one or something." Yeah, just peer. Maybe also maybe just like ask me yeah. if tonight's a right. good night or not. Like we could yes. all communicate. <laughs> Thank you. I yes, I we me and the the roommates fought about it, and I stayed in in the center that I was right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to the Highlands by myself, uh, the Highlands in, uh, of Scotland, and um, that was like absolutely beautiful. I really love that. I'd love to go back one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I rented a car, and. Um, I, I well, I wrecked. I wrecked the first one that I rented. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> uh, and it's funny because everybody was like, "Don't rent a car, and mm. you're, you know, uh, you're gonna like wreck it." And I was like, "Oh, you're just telling me that because I'm a woman. You don't think I could do it?" <laughs> and <laughs> and so I rented this car, but it was it was pretty big. Mm-hmm. It's a little too big. And, you know, you drive on the left side of the road there, which I wasn't used to. And oh, I, geez, I yeah. drove into a gas station to get some gas and, and accidentally drove into the pump Ooh. and ended up screwing up the entire front bumper of the car. Oh, shit. So I, I went back, you know, to return the car and um, like the people that worked at the uh, wherever it was, the enterprise or wherever a car rental in Scotland, they mm-hmm. were mal. Their mouths were just agape. They were like, "Oh my god!" And they're like, "We don't think we're gonna rent you another car." And I was like, "Well, I don't think I want to rent another car. I'm kind of freaked <laughs> out now." Yeah. And then they ended up <laughs> they ended up renting me another car, <laughs> and it was a much smaller one, and I made it okay. Yeah, see, it's like, give me a little, just a little beep beep. That's all I need. I don't need like a big boat. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was my fault because I asked for the bigger one. No. Well, I mean, you have to represent America correctly overseas. Yes. I was like, just give me a big car that's real nice. And then I wrecked it. Um, I learned a lot about like uh, England by being in England, but I also learned a lot about America by being out of America. And what I realized when I was in England and I was listening to the way everyone talked and everyone was so eloquent and they used such big words. I was like, oh my God, I think we might be dumb in America. <laughs> like it dawned on me. I was like, we're, we're dumb. 
because I turned on the radio and I, I was listening to, it was BBC News, but it was just two regular people talking. And this woman was like, well, the UK has stated that its finances are depleted and then all of a sudden they come up with a billion pounds to pay off the EU and I'm just sort of wondering where this money might have come from. What do you think, Nigel? <laughs> and then I turn on the radio in America and I hear, I think that we should give the teachers guns. <laughs> Instead of taking any preventative measures. <laughs> to keep guns out of the wrong hands, I think we should put them in all of the hands. <laughs> so I think we might be dumb. Oh my gosh. So in the album, you talk a lot about relationships and stuff too. And it, a lot of it takes place back in Indiana. You ended up going back there for a while. I guess after you went overseas, uh, then you were like, yeah. let me go to the most exotic place in America. Uh, <laughs> it's so exotic the cuisine alone <laughs> lots of uh, white sauces yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i uh i went back home uh during covid because i really didn't know what was going to happen here and um there was this guy that i i, I uh knew from high school and we kind of dated back in high school and then it was like off and on for the years and he uh he was married and uh and I'd always kind of liked him you know but he was married and it mm -hmm. and then and then he just messaged me one day and said that he was getting a divorce uh that he wanted to see me and um and I was like oh okay and I don't I don't know like all my friends were like this seems like a pretty bad idea I don't know like <laughs> A little COVID <laughs> chaos. I mean, everything was so boring. I get, I get, I get how it happened though, because it's like, right. I don't know, man. If if not now, when? <laughs> what else are we doing? Right. I. That's what I thought because you know he had like moved into a camper in his friend's backyard, and uh, I just remember my friend going saying like, "Don't go over to the camper. He could have just <laughs> moved out of his house, and he's doing that to try to sleep with you, and then he'll move back in with his wife." I'm like, who the who the fuck would do that? Who would rent a camper? Kind of a compliment to be like, wow, you like put down a credit card for a rental. <laughs> I bought a camper for me? Right. Wow, you bought a camper for me? My do declare. <laughs> right. But, you know, um, we ended up getting, we ended up getting together and I, and I just kind of thought, well, like, well, the world could be ending. Like, who cares? Like, I'm just yeah. going to, I'm. I like this person. I've always, we've always wanted to see what would happen. And we got together and it was just, you know, it was a disaster, <laughs> it was a disaster. Um, so I just talk about that a little bit on there. And, yeah. uh, and I've always, um, oh, I feel sorry. I thought there was a billy goat out the window, but it was the dog. And I'm not oh on God. drugs. It's a <laughs> no, no, no. Is there a, has there ever been a billy goat at that window? Also, no, I was really confused. I'm in <laughs> Santa Monica, but I was like, what the? <laughs> I also like that you called it a billy goat. I like, I feel like we never go it full like billy goat. goat. We never go full billy goat. We never, we never give the goat the billy. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was confused. The dog's tail looked like a looked like a horn. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So I don't know what what I'm thinking. Um, 
That's okay. that, <laughs> you're thinking back to your um, camper days and your billy goats yeah. and like i get it <laughs> yeah it was it was fun but it was you know it was really it was a i'd never been in a relationship like that that was sort of like uh i guess well what i came to realize is it was like emotionally abusive and mm-hmm. um i didn't understand the sides of abuse at the time and and just like started to learn about it and realize like that's what I was in and it was really really hard to get out of like really hard um but I did you know I just kind of like forced myself to come back to California and my apartment was still here and uh and it and then I was like well I have to write jokes about this because it was so painful I was like there has to be like a light at the end of the tunnel for this like I have to reap something good out of this so I wrote jokes about it the best I could without it being like depressing or I knew I had to come from a place where I was making fun of myself and not just uh, Mm -hmm. him because then it looks like I'm being a bully or something yeah yeah and uh so um I you know I did the best I could and then um I had this audition at the improv to be like passed and I used the jokes that I wrote um about that relationship and it ended up being you know what helped me get into the improv and so I was like okay well maybe this all had a like a reason for it being good uh like (laughs) you know I just wanted to spin it into something that could make me laugh or if anybody related to it could help them absolutely um, I mean I think that's like the what we all want our comedy to do ideally right and so you know, it's a way to take the power back from bad situations too i think you know? yeah anytime that i something is sort of uh painful for me i not immediately because i don't think that's healthy but i'm kind of like well how yeah. do i make this funny like what's funny about this about this you know uh i don't know somebody told me once you can either laugh about things or you can cry about them and laughing's easier so mm-hmm. uh I, I, I try not to spend too long lamenting about things. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a healthy way to, to go about it for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know. I was very scared to like talk, like make jokes about it. Cause I don't know. I'm afraid that like somebody would hear it and, and then hate on me or say something to him about, about it but now I'm just kind of like well it is it's my story and I get to talk about things that happen in my life absolutely also don't date a comic if you don't (laughs) 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 don't date don't date a comic and live in a fucking camper if you don't think she's gonna talk about that shit on stage (laughs) right like I don't Um, know what you want me to say that's gonna happen (laughs) you should have known (laughs) yeah he did tell me he said don't ever talk about me or uh in in your so-called career i'll sue you and i was like well i mean you gave me a lot of material though like yeah (laughs) you have to understand yeah also sue me for what (laughs) like talking about our relationship Prove it didn't happen, bro. <laughs> okay. Right. I, you know, I'm not Amber Heard and you're not Johnny Depp. We don't have a lot of money. Like, what? No. <laughs> what are you, you going to do? But I am, I am like thankful. 
I'm thankful we got together because I learned one thing that had been bothering me through most of my life living in L.A. I was always like, what if I had stayed in Indiana and gotten married or married that guy and like settled down? Was that the right choice? Should I be out here and being with him? I realized I made the right choice being out here. Definitely. Thank you. Oh, I feel like I'm on Oprah. Oh, <laughs> or Dr. Phil. Because <laughs> one night we got in a fight, as we were wont to do, in his truck. And I said to him, sometimes I feel like you're just using me for sex. And he said, why would I need to use you, Gene? I can fuck anybody I want. I own a pizza place. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I have to get the fuck out of this town. Is that the bar? Really? Do women really walk into your pizza place and they're like, oh my God, who owns this? <laughs> Full pizzas and iceberg salads? I'm gonna have to fuck the owner right now. My ex-boyfriend was a pizza by the slice man and I'm looking to upgrade. Waiter, bring napkins. <laughs> the hottest pizza place in Evansville, Indiana. And it's all mine. I was like, please tell me that doesn't happen because I was fucking you despite you owning a pizza place. Um, how long have you been doing stand-up for? Uh, yeah, about 10 years now. So you're right on time for yeah. the first album. Fucking perfect. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, well, it's available on uh, right now. It's available everywhere. Pre-order right now. It will be wide released everywhere on February 16th, which means that if for Valentine's Day, you guys can listeners can buy it for your uh, lover or ex-lover and be like, could these tracks be about you? Have you dated somebody in a camper? <laughs> Guess what? This is the album to send somebody. <laughs> you remember that that old SNL album uh, skit, uh, "A Band Down by the River"? Oh yeah, yeah. I live in a band totally. down by the. I didn't ever think that would somehow become a part of my life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, and we also live in a weird time where like van life is a hashtag. So I also get how like. Van, like yeah. van life really has like become gentrified in a weird way so I don't think it's the warning sign that I think it would have been even five years ago I, I knew a lot of people that just were like I'm gonna live in a van for four years and like you know most of them were fine you know especially if the van has an Instagram to go with it I mean like if you're making content <laughs> is can it be a can it be a red flag if it's content I don't know I don't think so yeah. I think content is what matters most. Yeah. Above all. Content above <laughs> all. <laughs> Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting. And um Thank where, you. where can everybody find you online and all that stuff? Um, I am at JL Whitney on Instagram and at Jean Whitney Comedy on TikTok. Uh I need to start posting more videos on there. Yeah, I um, feel you. Oh yeah. Well, if you just make people angry, they will comment, and it's easy to do it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Which is healthy I'm, for the culture. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, my my album is uh, in the uh, the link is in my bio on Instagram. 
Awesome. Yeah, it's a uh, passionate, aggressive, and it is everywhere. Um, you can lis listen to it, buy it, buy it, everybody. Um, support artists. Uh, it really matters a lot. And um, yeah, you can find it in all of Jean's stuff. And um, if you're not already, follow Burn This Records on Instagram. Um, BurnThisRecords.com has all of our releases uh, from the past, present, and future, forever and ever and ever. We'll talk to you guys on the next release. All right. Bye. Bye.